Hello and welcome to the Strength to be Human podcast with your host, poet and playwright, Mark Antony Rossi. In this, our second year, we continue to explore the meaning of being an artist in an ever-changing digital world. Now, without further ado, here is your host. Hi, folks, and welcome back to Strength to be Human. I'm your host, Mark Anthony Rossi, poet, playwright, host of this show. We're going on to episode number 155. This will be Mailbag 5, 2020 in a nutshell. It's as good a title as anything. This is pretty much going to be about uh, various emails on a number of the shows and and some topics over the last couple of months. We'll be able to go a little bit more than we normally do because I'm getting more now. And, and of course, more that... uh, I find uh, not only coherent and cohesive, <laughs> but uh, also uh, really instructive, I, I think, in many instances, and, and, and more positive, too. So thank you for that. Uh, first, I want to go over this. You might have noticed that we continue to grow as a show in terms of the various platforms that we're now on. We're on Spotify now, which has put me into a lot more countries than, than before. And, of course, um, Amazon Music recently which now carries podcasts, so that's going to pretty much do the same thing. Uh, we're on uh, an Indian network uh, called Headphone and uh, a German one called uh, RadioNet. And, of course, I'm continuing to work on, on getting into others. But some of those folks now listening are actually emailing me as well. And in some cases, you know, I have to paraphrase or try to do the best I can because, you remember, somebody can listen to the show and maybe even get the gist of what I'm talking about. But, you know, if English is still a second language for them, what they write could be far different than what they even understand from the show. So I do my best to try to interpret that. I got a couple for the first time, you know, on the international basis. And I've gotten some comments from, from folks from England and Australia and, and, and uh, Canada before. So I, I don't mean, uh, you know, you know, this is the first time ever. It's just that it's gone beyond the uh, traditional English-speaking uh, cultures onto other cultures, which is great. So hopefully we'll continue to get that. Uh, uh, Spotify uh, is uh, adding uh, uh, Brazil and, and Mexico now formally onto that, so that's great. I already have some listeners on other platforms uh, in those countries, and so it would be great to be able to add more and, and talk to those because even though Mexico is primarily uh, Spanish and Brazil is primarily Portuguese, it doesn't mean there's not folks that still live there that you know, that speak English. So, and, and that's really the whole point of the show is, you know, to try to find all those out there that would be interested in literature and the things we talk about writing and, and still try to have a, you know, a, a conversation about it and, and a connection and maybe even some sort of a, a relationship artistically. So I'm glad we're able to continue to do that. And thank you for all these uh, various networks. Now, keep something in mind. Not all of the platforms even allow for you to make a comment. All right. I mean, formerly on the platform. I mean, uh, Stitcher does and Apple does. Uh, Google's still trying to work on that. Amazon uh, Music hasn't done that yet. Uh, Spotify is still trying to figure out what some new thing they want to do on that. Uh, Podbean does, but only on Podbean uh, on the uh, the mobile app of, of the Podbean, not the one from the Internet, ironically. So sometimes when I get... Uh, emails from folks and they're okay with it, you know, I'm, I'm able to transpose those onto Podbeam, you know, uh, to, to let other people know about what people are saying about the shows, you know, especially when they're just like small comments and not like some of the longer emails that we're going to talk about here in a moment. And, and with their permission, that's what I'll do. So I got other folks that, you know, they say this and they say that and they don't always give permission or, or worry about putting out that one. That's okay. But Hopefully in time, more of the platforms will open up where people can leave more comments and you can learn more about the, the show or what other people might be thinking. Until then, you know, I'll keep doing this because right now the best contact I'm getting is strictly just from the email. If you ever go to the the Podbean uh, site that I have, the one that lists all the shows from the network, you'll, you'll see the email up there prominently. And that's what people use, the strength to be human at uh, ravemail.com. Uh, so... 
you know, you can use that if you want to get in touch with me. That's what a lot of folks have done, and I, I really do appreciate it, especially since I, I'm getting some, some good comments for a change. Sometimes it can be rough, but hopefully, uh, you know, time goes by, uh, it'll, it'll balance itself out a little bit more in, uh, you know, being constructive. All right. I did my best to try to um, pull the emails together that wasn't redundant and, and they, they sort of like assemble into an episode. Not everybody mentions an episode, though. Sometimes you have to guess. <laughs> you know, I do when I because you're not like saying I'm referring to this or that. But they just blah, blurt out something, and, you know, shoot it over there. So uh, sometimes I'm guessing where these could go. Other times, you know, I have a pretty good idea. All right. Okay, let's go on. The first one is I have a, a group of uh, uh, emails about uh, the fantasy show we did, uh, Toying with Tangents, Fantasy, and Writing. So that's what these, I believe, are about. Okay? All right. I love the fantasy show, but how come you only pick the well-known stuff and not anything new or up-and-coming? And by the way, what happened to Harry Potter? <laughs> okay. Actually, this is a really wonderful question, and, I, and I've debated myself a number of times about this. But ultimately, what I had found out, what I figured out, and what I settled on is this. I love anything new, and I don't have any problem with that. Remember, I support writers all the time, so I'm, I'm all for that. But when I'm putting together these type of shows, especially a standalone show like that, I found that the best way I'm going to get the point across about we're talking about fantasy is to try to use the ones meaning the, the, the various books, the works, the authors, that are more familiar to people. Oftentimes, I've had TV and, and, and movie treatments, and, and, and the books became blockbusters or bigger sellers and stuff, and they really helped to demonstrate my points. And also, you could talk a little bit about the writers of the uh, lives a little bit in there. It just it makes for a better show, and I think it makes for a, a better uh, understanding of what's going on. Don't get me wrong, it's not difficult to pick something new out. It's just much harder if it hasn't gotten a, a more of an attention in the fantasy world or even even the household's type of status because in many ways that, that kind of harms what I'm trying to do because people are like, oh, yeah, okay, that's a good academic point there, Mark, but I, what the hell is this novel all about? Where it's just easier to demonstrate things that are already out there already. It just makes it an easier connection for me. So that's really why I do that. I'm not trying to belittle anybody or put anybody down or cast anybody to the side or not talk about this or that. It's just that that just makes more sense to me when I'm putting together a show. Okay, and that's my reasoning. I'm not really asking for you to like it or to agree with it. I'm just letting you know that's the truth about why I'm thinking it and why I do that, all right? And the other part of this, uh, what about Harry Potter? Well, that would be a perfect example of something more modern. Because remember, when I'm talking about, um, in this particular case, uh, Lord of the Rings or uh, Chronicles of Narnia or The Left Hand of Darkness or even uh, Tales of the uh, uh, Earthsea, I, th those are obviously books that, that are 50, 60, 70 years old. So, I mean, some of those books are older than I'm alive. And many times we are alive too. So, uh, you're right. The, the, the Harry Potter is written in, in more recent times and became a, a really huge hit. Might be... I think possibly the biggest seller in fantasy series ever. Great. Always great to see that. It's good for writing to have anyone do that. That's really going to get more of a full type of show. Where literally, I, as I go on ahead in the months, I'm going to be picking out a couple of books that are so big and, and, and so uh, interesting and so diverse in characterization that they need a whole show. And that'll be one of those. So I'm not missing up on her. It's just that I thought that was enough to, to cover in that episode and... You know, we'll go from there. All right. But it will be done in the near future. All right. Uh, do you have any comments about J.K. Rowland's letter? Many deemed to be transphobic. Even the original Potter cast lambasted her. I didn't even know anybody used lambasted anymore. Okay. Of course, I'm from New Jersey because I, I could be saying it wrong and it might sound something else to you. <laughs> but what are you going to do? All right. I know we don't take too many what I would call a political comment, but since it is still in the literature world, so to speak, all right, I'll give, I'll give, it, a, I'll give it a moment, okay? All right. I'm not, I'm not fond of the letter or, or even the way that she, uh, she put it out there. I always uh, think that um, you have an enormous responsibility when you become a, a celebrity, especially a writing celebrity, that what you say is, 
outside of the books can still uh, have an effect on people. And, and quite frankly, uh, the way she has uh, um, portrayed the, the transgender community, I mean, that could, that could incite violence against people. I mean, I wouldn't want to be responsible for that. I don't believe that she does either. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I, I believe that could happen that way because I don't really like the way she presented it. I understand the crust of her argument. And as a parent, I agree to it to a certain extent. Yeah, it could be scary that somebody goes in into a, a bathroom. You have your children there. You're not really sure what their gender is, what's going on. Could there be a problem? I don't really think that's prejudice to think that. As a parent, you have to protect your kids. And oftentimes, uh, the fear that helps protect your kids could protect your kids, even if it's not always founded, even if it doesn't always have the facts, even if they don't really have everything. About what are you supposed to do as a parent? You know, Mark, I'm going to just like do a crash course on trying to learn everything about the transgender community before I have any feeling with my kids in the bathroom. Nobody's doing that. Maybe in the ideal world that might work out, but... Not this world, okay? So I'm not defending people, you know, that 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 have uh, prejudicial thoughts or, or even bigoted or, or hateful ones. I don't. But I understand why someone would be, be nervous. I had my own encounter. I handled it differently. It worked out great. Not everybody's going to approach it that way. Maybe not everybody might even have it that way. You might have somebody that's a little bit more angry or belligerent about the situation, which doesn't handle things. I just don't like the way she pr approached it. She probably should have had a third party do something like this where it wouldn't even sound so, I don't know, shrill or, or mean-spirited because that's really what it did. And, uh, and and unfortunately, she came back again for a second time and instead of trying to find a way to uh, you know, lessen that impact or maybe give a broader explanation, she just kind of went back to the same thing. <laughs> so I guess those are her feelings in, you know, in her nutshell, and that's fine. You know, it is a, a free world. I um, don't think she's helping much in this situation, and that's unfortunate. Uh, as it concerns the um, the original uh, podcast, well, I'm I'm not really terribly impressed. Um, and the reason why I'm not is because, unlike a lot of people, I don't describe you know um, bravery when you're doing something and you don't have anything to lose. Courage is about losing something to, on the possibility. It's about taking a risk. You're not taking a risk when you're already millions of dollars from her movies and her books, and now you're going to go and beating her up. I like to have known if they would have said that, if she said that during the times when they produced one of those movies. What the hell were they going to say then? I don't know. I don't want to sound cynical, and I'm not really trying to beat up the cast, but uh, I, I question if they would have been so brave then. So I, I can't really take what they have to say all that seriously. They just kind of groan with the crowd, you know, Many of them are not even parents yet, so let's see what they have to say uh, 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 then. Okay. I learned a great deal about Tolkien, and I did not know before the show. But I still question if some of this knowledge is necessary to learn about his writing. It's a fair point to say that, so I'm not going to take any kind of a offense to it. And my own explanation for it is, quite frankly... When there is a relevant backstory to something so prominent as the Lord of the Rings, yeah, we should know about it. Yeah, we should discuss it. We should see that there are some linkages. We can see with a man that, that dealt with his own version of, of depression his entire life. And this is one of the ways he tackled it. A writing therapy, a giant novel series. Talking about the very same things I mentioned in the show about World War I. All his friends dying, going back to a village with no people but... But old women. And all that he had to de deal with on that. So yeah, I, I happen to think that it is relevant. So that's why I talk about it. I'm not trying to exploit the man's pain. I'm certainly not trying to throw anything in the kitchen sink out there. Yeah, I'd love to have an entire show about the Lord of the Rings. And probably one day we'll do so. But in that particular episode, I think it is relevant. It's relevant. I brought a little bit of everything from those writers out there. It really helps, I think, with the connection of it all. And that's the reason why I do that. If you don't like that and if you don't agree with that, that's fine. Understand this, though. It's my own idea of how I tackle things. So I bring that to the people in the show. Okay? Because that's the only way I know how to be honest is talk about how I'm looking at this. And, and that's all I can do. So that means that 
I don't know, 100% of a chance that uh, as I go about these sort of things, I'm going to be doing the same thing. If it rides you the wrong way or if it's just not to your liking, then maybe those are not the kind of shows for you then. I don't know. Maybe this whole show is not for you. You got me. Because I don't, without trying to sound upset here, I don't really appreciate folks that constantly remind us about how much they want this world to be fair and how much they want this world to be honest. And then when they hear somebody being straight and honest to them, to the point of, you know a lot about me when I'm talking about these things and folks still get upset, I, I don't know. I'm not saying that I need to win all the time. I, I just, I don't need to lose all the time. I can tell you that. Okay. I love the show. I'm not embarrassed to admit not knowing a thing about Le Guin. Rushing over to catch up. Thanks for opening my mind. That was my uh, first uh, email. I put that to bed as best I can because of the way he wrote it. Uh, from a listener in, 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 in Kenya. I'm from New Jersey, so we say everything strange. But I was uh, um, corrected by um, uh, him when we talked that, that, that they, they say it's uh, Kenya. So I, mean, I don't know if there's more than one way or maybe I've been saying it wrong for the last 50 years. <laughs> Who knew it was Kenya? But I'll, I'll go with that because it's good to learn something new. And I'm fairly happy to have that person on board. That's really a direct result of Spotify, which uh, it covers uh, more of that area now than ever before. Now, don't get me wrong. But when you when you hit the direct link that I can provide from my network, Podbean, as long as you have the Internet access, you can still listen to the show. Anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as you have the Internet. But these other networks now, like Amazon, Spotify, others, what they do is now that they've included... Uh, excuse me, now that they've included podcasts, you know, in their lineup, and, and thankfully they included me as well, it means that people who use that service for music and shows or other things, they can now, inside that app that they have, now listen to my show. So they don't have to go rushing around to go to this network, to go to that link and do this and that. It just makes it more convenient. So that's why some people might like that versus someplace else. Because if you think about it, if you are a Spotify listener, and for the longest time I wasn't on Spotify, okay, uh, you could be just listening to my show out of dedication and thank you, but you're listening to it maybe on a different device or a different link, and you have to go move over here versus where you are over there. So that this allows things to be a little bit more convenient for people, maybe a little easier for them to keep track of everything. You know, they got histories, they got search things inside these apps where it's just easier for people to put together. And that's the reason why I try to be on as many platforms as possible because, quite frankly, um, the easier and the, the more convenient you can make for somebody, the better is my chance that they're going to want to stick with the show, okay? Because that's really what I'm about, trying to get more listeners. That's really what you have to do on a, on a show like this, especially when you're a literary show. I mean, yeah, we intersect with uh, with the political sometimes in the, in the social, sure. But... In the end, it's a literary show, which means that you're going to have a, a cast of people that might not be interested in unless they get a chance to, to, to give it a go. And so the easier you can make it, the better. And that, that's why I try to do that. Thank you, a listener from Kenya. All right, next. Uh, we got a couple of uh, comments about the journal episode. Uh, if you remember, that was the episode where my voice sounded completely horrible because I had lost it. But I was still pressing on because I have a schedule to keep. Because I like to be professional, you know, even if I sound like, you know, Darth Vader after 500 whiskeys. What are you going to do? All right. Bad voice notwithstanding. <laughs> Thanks. This show was instrumental to opening my eyes to keeping better notes and how these are necessary for creativity. Glad you recorded it and pray your voice returns. Yes, it has. And thank you. I can definitely uh, use the prayers because I think that was either the third or the fourth time. I've lost my voice. Um, sometimes it's in between recordings, so it kind of works out because it comes back by then. Other times, you know, I just had to, you know, plumb through it. Uh, I think a few other times it, it was not so great, but I still was able to get the show across. Just like the journal episode was definitely the the worst I had to deal with before because it was right when it occurred. <laughs> just bad timing, I guess. All right. You've had better shows. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Probably should have saved your voice. Yeah. If you have to remind writers to take and keep notes, what's next? Reminding them to write? 
All right. Well, I get the uh, the sarcasm. Hey, we all need reminding about anything. Okay, I'm telling you, we need reminding about remembering the small things in life, especially in relationships. Should we keep those things going? Because sometimes we get trapped up in all the big things. You know, I did the lights. I did the I did the mortgage. I, I got the shopping done. You know what I mean? I, I I I gave you a kiss, and I'm watching my show over here. What else am I supposed to do? Well. There's actually more to relationships than just those things. <laughs> and I can be guilty of being stupid like this as well as anybody else. So it's no different on writing or anything else. Yeah, we, we need some reminding. Reminding about rewriting. Reminding about doing more than one draft. Reminding about being impatient. Reminding about letting fear get the best of us. Reminding about using faith to our advantage. Re reminding about uh, how writing still has an impact in the world. If we allow it. So... I don't know if you were having a bad moment there, but I'm definitely not in the gist of that one, okay? All right, we got a, a couple of uh, inquiries here about the dark side of guilt and pride and perfection. That was my triple subject uh, um, episode, which I think was a pretty lengthy one, too. I went to uh, perfection on that one a little bit different manner than the other perfection show I did last year. But guess what? No one wrote to me about perfection. <laughs> but they wrote about other parts of the show. All right, here we go. Uh, the insightful and plain talk is most welcome. Guilt is something I'm working on to improve my happiness. All right. Well, that's good to hear. Great. Thank you. Pride of a professor is a serious matter that hurts too many budding writers. I wish you could have beat them up some more. <laughs> yeah, me too. But I, I've only had a couple of instances of that situation, mostly through the journal. Because uh, as you can imagine, I don't invite anybody that I don't really have a, a good gist of where they're coming from and what they're trying to do. Because I'm not going to have an adversarial show. I'm not going to go around shouting and screaming or, or, or throwing in the can. I won't waste my time. So, you know, we don't have as many interviews as I like. Sometimes because people don't want to come on the show. Sometimes because I don't want them on the show. And other times it's all about scheduling. So those are the three reasons to be honest with you about that. I do my best. You might be correct about perfection. I'm considering what you are saying in the sense of how too much time I am wasting trying to be perfect. It must be the insecurity you mentioned, but I don't feel less confident. All right, so I guess there was one in there about perfection. I didn't think there was. All right, thank you uh, uh, for that. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know what they used to call a pet peeve. That's what they used to call it or something, but... Um, it's just one of those things I'm suspicious about on many, many levels. I'm suspicious about it politically because we've seen through history, every time somebody tries to get perfect, perfect in society, they, they wind up murdering people because it's not really possible. Okay? The reason why it's not possible is because we are imperfect creatures <laughs> inside an imperfect human condition. And we should not even try to strive to be perfect. It's a ridiculous thing. So many beautiful things come out of us being imperfect. I know you could talk about all the evil things all day long. And that's all true. But there's so many wonderful things that come out being perfect. Particularly love. Remember, we let this artificial intelligence crap try to rule the universe one day. And that's the first thing it's going to kick out of us. Love. You know why? Because love to a computer doesn't compute, okay? Love doesn't make a robot happy. Maybe electricity does, but definitely not love. Love comes out of us being imperfect. It helps us put together things that we'd never be able to do so. Is it a mysterious force in the universe that science hasn't figured out? Yes. I don't know. Is it an element of the spirituality out there because there happens to be a god? Well... I believe so, but maybe some folks are like, I'm not sure about that, or, okay, fine. We won't have to argue about it, but nevertheless, you know my point, and you know it's true. So be wary of perfection, because it'll ruin a person before it does anything to help you. Next, COVID. Can you believe I got questions on COVID? I, I just, I figured I eventually will, but hey, all right. I wish you were putting together a COVID issue. They're referring to my uh, journal aerial chart. I noticed not much of it mentioned in the journal. But you did do a few episodes where it was highlighted in the podcast. 
Yes, I did. I did like two episodes where we talked about art and dealing with it in the COVID age earlier on in the year. And uh, I've had a few uh, works. I think I had a nonfiction work and a couple of poems. And that was it. All right. And uh, to be to be completely honest with you, I'm no different than anybody else out there. Okay. I have my concerns. I've had to do my adjustments in life. But there's a point in art where you, you only can take something so far. Okay. You can't. You, I mean, because I'll have every other poem will be about COVID. Now, I'm not trying to tell you that a COVID poem is any less qualified than any other poem. What I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, I'm operating a magazine over here where I'm trying to have diverse verses. And I don't know how we have diverse verses as everybody's talking about COVID. Folks, there's only so much you can talk about it. There's only so many things that are going on about it. So, I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And and, and to me, I, I think we've all heard it a hundred times already. When I don't think it's going away anytime soon, so we're going to probably hear it a hundred times more. So I'm going to continue to operate the magazine and the show and everything else. Not like there's no COVID out there, because I've mentioned it plenty of times. But I'm going to operate it like, despite COVID, I'm going to record my show. And I'm going to live my life. And I'm going to write. I'm going to help other people with their writing. And I'm going to do whatever I can to promote them. And we're all going to move on ahead. Hopefully we've done everything we can to take every precaution. But, you know, uh, I'm a writer. And uh, I'm a host here. Uh, but uh, I'm not a doctor. And, and I'm definitely not anybody's uh, parent on the show other than my own children. So there's only so much I can really do anyway. And I think people might, might appreciate that a whole lot more. Hearing things other than COVID, COVID, COVID every five minutes. Next. Glad you don't harp on the COVID crap. <laughs> Wonderful. Every minute of the day. I already hear enough of it in every corner of the galaxy. Jeez, I didn't know it was on the moon, but you never know. If we're going to get back to normal one day, let it be by starting by our art being about art and not about every time some idiot sneezes. All right, well, that's pretty much what I said in a nutshell, but somebody else said it in, a, I don't know, less than a polite fashion. <laughs> but I, I got what you're saying. And that's pretty much already my policy. But it's not something that's going to be in the guidelines, folks. I don't go around telling everybody, don't send me COVID material. I don't. You know why I don't say that? It's because I still try to leave myself open that somebody might come up with something incredibly dramatically interesting and, and original. So I'll leave that open. But I tell you one thing, I, I've had to get rid of more stuff than I've had to take. Because it's not. You know? I mean, how many, uh, how many homilies can I hear about a mask? Okay? Or COVID stopping the breathing of my elderly, uh, you know, uh, parent or something. Or, or um, how uh, I, I hate uh, the administration because I don't think they're responding correctly. Or how uh, we should do more. Or sometimes how we should do less. I mean, I could be doing this stuff all day. I mean, so, no, that, that's, I'll leave it open. But uh, more times than not, I'm probably not going to take it. I'm just letting you know now. If you want to call that a bias, you can. Or you can call it what I call it. A preference. All right. Uh, we did, because uh, a lot of people asked about this, a Bukowski episode. Now, like I mentioned in Bukowski, and I mentioned even before this, you know, there's going to be a point where I'm going to run out of authors that I love. <laughs> That's just the truth. It is. I mean, I'm only, you only can love so many of them. And I don't want to be some, some literary barker over here in some game show where everybody's great and I love everybody. Blah, 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 blah. That's not what I do here. I'm not an entertainer. Okay, I'm a writer. I, I'm, I'm a podcaster. I'm a broadcaster. I'm a host, playwright, all these things. Okay, but I, I, I'm not here to gloss over the entire universe to make everybody feel better and, and, and talk about people who've been dead for 100 years like they, you know, they were talking to me yesterday or something. All right, there'll be a point we're going to run out of that. So Bukowski is probably a good example of somebody who I am not a fan of his work. That is not the same thing as saying that I don't like the guy and that I don't respect him. It just means that I'm not into his stuff. It doesn't make a connection to me. All right, period. It doesn't. But it doesn't mean that I shouldn't talk about him. It just means that in the preference of things on this show, well, he was last. He wasn't going to be first because, again, that wouldn't be honest. I'm going to put together a lot of shows on writers that I am not into. I know about them. I've read them. 
Got it. You're cool. Stay over there and leave me alone. We can't all love everybody just because they're good writers. So that's the way that has to be if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves. If we're doing what the typical person does, oh, yeah, yeah, he's great because they don't want to confront things. And, you know, fine. Be that person. You can maybe. I'm not having a show to be that person because that wouldn't be a show to me. I'd just be the, the next door neighbor then. Okay? And I'm not going to do that. All right, here we go. Damn, that was revealing and head-on strong. You were controversial about his drinking, but I could see how what you said makes so much sense. Sometimes we get trapped into a persona and rent don't care because it needs to be paid. You're a deep dude. Okay. These uh, Bukowski crowd there, they're going to be uh, something else. That's for sure. Uh, but I'm also happy about, and, and in terms of the marketing sense of the show, it's nice to be able to reach another crowd of writers that maybe I wouldn't normally be able to reach. So you do a show on Bukowski, you send it over to them. I've got a lot of them come over to the show. Maybe even listening to some other ones. I noticed the numbers are jumping. The Bukowski episode itself was quite successful. Thank you all those folks for listening. Really appreciate it. Especially lots of them are newer people to the show. Maybe they'll check out some other things. So besides doing things that honestly are necessary to do because writing is writing. Uh, you know, there's a there's a marketing angle to it because uh, it, it could give me a, a different part of an audience that can come over and check out some of the other things that, was, that I've been doing. You know, it's not hard to imagine that a Bukowski fan might actually like Edgar Allan Poe. So it's, it's just not. And I think sometimes it, you know, they could be the same group, so to speak. So this makes sense to me. This is probably the best show on Bukowski I have heard that gave a fairer explanation of his literary worth and vision. All the others about him were about peeing, vomiting, and dating ugly women. Great. Uh, I actually talked a little bit about that in the show. Uh, all three of those things, actually. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I didn't want the whole show to be about them, because I agree with you. I, 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 I'm going to be admitting to you that, hey, this is not one of the big writers in my canon of writers. Okay? It doesn't mean I, I, that he needs to get short shrift and disrespected. So I made sure that it was a show that gave you a lot of new facts, that covered a lot of ground, that uh, gave direct quotes from him himself, not just about me interpreting things, and and, and done done in a respectful and literary manner. And that's what it was. And I, I've gotten some decent feedback from it, and, and, I, and I appreciate it. Okay. For somebody who professes to not love Buck, you sure put on a good act. I think you admire the drunken, and I have to use the B word because I can't say that word on the show. I will put you down as a fan whether you admit it or not. Well, that's kind of you, but I'm not a fan. But I'm very happy to have done the show. And uh, I don't know if I would do a sequel in the future or not, to be honest with you, because uh, we'd have to go into a whole other different direction on things. But, you know, we'll see. I'm not, I won't rule it out. All right, next. Truth. And that's what I'm calling this because it's not really narrowing too much on, on a particular show, but maybe a bunch of shows or something. I, I, I had to just put it this way because I can't really figure out exactly what show it was. It didn't mention anything, you know. So here we go. You really practice what you preach. And I was taken back that you listened to my idea and created a show on it. I asked around and you have many admirers, fans, and a few who think you take things too far. Yet, we live in the world of lies, half-truths, and compromises. It's about time someone st stands up for what they believe and doesn't back down. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, certainly, this is what we try to do on the show, to try to be straight with people about things. You know, but it's, it is a lot like, to paraphrase Le Guin, because uh, that's such a deep comment and it has so many ramifications uh, for my own life and what I do, even on the show. You know, when you... When you um, when you light a candle, you're also casting that shadow as well. So we have to always remember that. We can't be patting ourselves on the back. Yeah, I, I told something they really needed to hear. It's the truth. And, and you know, give yourself a, you know, a, an award or something. When, again, like she says, and she's right, it also casts a shadow. It, it just means, in the, you know, in, in a nutshell, that uh, whether something is true or not, it doesn't mean that you're going to win fans. You might actually get enemies from that. 
You take a stand on anything, that's what's going to happen. You know, I hear all this nonsense from people, especially in the political world, about this person is divisive, this person divides this and that, blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of crap, in my opinion, because guess what? If you stand up for something, I don't care who you are, even if what you're standing up for is wrong, okay? You're still going to divide people. Some people are going to be saying, yeah, and other people are going to say, that's a bunch of crap. Now I hate this guy more. You light the candle, you cast the shadow. That's what it is. So, if you want to sit on the fence, which a lot of people do, and the reason why they do that is because they don't want to light a candle, which means you're not ever going to learn any damn thing from them because they won't stand up for anything. They're on the friggin' fence, okay? And, and they're not going to cast a shadow either because they don't do anything. They just sit there, I don't know, waiting for us to all kill each other. Maybe so they can take over the world like roaches or something. But that's what people like that do. So, I don't know if what you should be more impressed with. The people you agree with? The people you don't agree with or the people that haven't done crap about anything. You know, the ones right in the middle of the road over there. And maybe uh, by design or purpose on this show, I'm trying to hit over the, as many of those people as I can, okay? All right. Man, at first I said this guy is too intense. But after a few episodes, I can sense where you are going. You actually believe and likely live what you say, and that makes a difference for the show. Too many do this stuff for entertainment or to sound smart. You are actually sharing your life and hoping that it has an impact. I can respect that. That email actually went a little bit further than that, but, you know, when you have so much time on the show. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, it was like, I don't know, 17 paragraphs or something. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I had an impact in your life, but... uh. I'm just a writer <laughs> with a little show, okay? It's growing, and God bless, and I'm happy, but, you know, I don't I don't know more about any beyond that, okay? I do agree, although, that, yes, I'm doing my very level best to, to be honest with people, share what I know, share what I think, and, uh, of course, understand that, like anything else we do, yeah, there's going to be a consequence. But, to me, the consequence of, of being silent and letting everybody just mope around to me, that's far greater than me than if I just attract a few people that don't like me here and there or whatever. Oh, well. As a fellow writer, I've encountered you in the journal, Aerial Chart, and you rejected my work. Unlike everyone else, you gave explanation and even pointers. No one has ever done that before. Months later, I submitted to you and you accepted and even remembered how I improved. Marvel Comics should call you because you're a superhero in my book. Well, that's very, very, very kind of you to say. I don't know about no superhero or hero. And uh, I, what am I going to be called? The, the, the poet man? I mean, and w w what's going to be my weapon, huh? Wit? I'm not even that funny. Uh, the letter opener, I stab you with it, maybe? And, you know, to get the bad guy or something? I'm not really sure what kind of power is coming from that. But I do say that words uh, can be uh, powerful and they can even be weapons for the good and for the bad. So, But uh, beyond that, I, I appreciate that. Um, I'm not expecting um, a call from uh, any of those folks. Particularly Stan Lee because he's in the, you know, the afterlife. And thank you, Stan, for all you did. All right. Here we go. Evil words. You got a lot, a lot of, a lot of emails on this one. And if you recall, this is the show I did where I just kind of listed words that I think that uh, shouldn't be used anymore, with the reasons why, and you know, and etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, Jesus, I have been saying this about the N word for I don't know how long, and you're right, one standard. It's an evil word for everyone. Of all the shows I listen to. Including the political ones, you're the only one with stones to even call it as it is. Writers should be grateful. I'm not a writer. i just someone who heard the show and then I decided to check it out. I'm blown away. Keep on rocking. Well, thank you. Don't get too many people that uh, listen to the show that are not necessarily in the arts in some form or not. I get a couple here and there and that, that's, that's one of them. Appreciate that. Not to say that my show is not for those people, but in the end... It's really about the people that are interested in, in, you know, in the arts. So it's good to get some other people now and then, but 
you know, I'm definitely aiming for a different audience. But but nevertheless, I appreciate your comments and thank you. I have an autistic child. I heard your show on Evil Words and on the other one uh, from Identity. And I really, really must say that I'm gratified by your compassion and I'm appreciating your intelligence in the matter. You don't patronize anyone and you tell it like it is with dignity and respect. Our family is in your debt. Well, thank you. I've got a number of people actually that have some autistic members in their family. We even had a writer that sent one over here. So it's always on my mind when I think about that sort of subject and how so many in the past, I'm sure there's probably some people in the present too, that you know thought that these folks need to be locked away somewhere, that they had no, no say in our society, that they shouldn't be uh, present, and, and how creativity would even be beyond them, and, and how so incredibly wrong you know, those uh, bigoted morons were. And so glad that as we open up and learn more about this, uh, we uh, are not doing only the right thing by all of God's creatures. But one day, we, we might find out so many things from these folks as we learn more about them, about how we can understand our own mental capacities and maybe even understand conditions out there one day that they might actually help us to discover. So there's so much things out there that they bring to the light and, and they bring to the positive. Uh, I know some folks who don't believe in God, fine. But, uh, you know, I, I like to think that they're there for a reason and we not should be blind to that. So um, thank you for that very much. We try to do our, our best to remind people about that. Never heard any show go as much as you do on the subject matter. Breaking it down and allowing it to make more sense is both a gift and a calling. You were made for this mission, sir, and thank you. Oh, that's that's kind of you, and I appreciate that. I never really give nothing any thoughts, still haven't. Uh, believe it or not, episode 155 this is. Um, many times you just kind of think up the shows, and you're doing your own writing as well, and then trying to help other people in the journal, and this, that, and whatever. So, you know, I, it's not easy to take into account everything that the show... Um, can be about or, or can do for people because I'm too busy doing the show. So it's kind of hard sometimes to see the forest with, you know, when I'm in the trees and that's definitely the truth. Um, but, um, I don't know if it's a mission for me or a calling or whatever. I don't know. It could just be another artistic form that I'm trying to express in a different way. And that's it. You know, um, I know the show is different than everybody else because I try to listen to everybody else and it definitely is. So I have no doubt about that. Uh, whether that's for the best or for the worst, it's going to be up for other people to decide because all I could do is be me. I'm not going to change myself just for the show. So hopefully uh, it has some kind of a positive impact. Uh, and I appreciate the emails. I really do. All right. Um, speaking as an African, and, and this is uh, someone that, uh, that emailed me uh, from uh, Liberia, an African country that uh, predominantly speaks English. Speaking as African and a new listener, I was perplexed by the N-word as well. It never occurred to me that this was so prevalent until my nephew had me listen to American rap music. I still can't believe my ears. May the love of God find hearts willing to listen to you. Thank you. Certainly can use the prayer. and um, But, you know, older people, they might not even realize that because they don't listen to that form of music. Or uh, they might not have, you know, caught some of the, the shows where it's just, you know, out of hand. But, um, yes, and, and, and thank you for that. I haven't decided if you even have the right to mention any of this on the show. The arguments, while compelling, ignore the history of the situation. It's so easy to score points and sound hip. But social justice requires more than a podcast. All right, well, in that statement, um, sir, uh, that last line about social justice requires more than a podcast, this is what we agree upon. It sure does. But I'm a literary show. I'm not a show about social pod, social uh, justice, okay? And the rest of what you have to say, while I appreciate it, un understand this, okay? We can't have a society 
that calls itself civil, calls itself democratic, hell, even calls itself American, and we have 178 different standards for everything that's going on out there. And you wonder why people are confused. And, and, and why, why, they, why they feel depressed. And why they don't really feel a hope for the future. Why they can't speak their mind without someone shouting a name at them. This is not how you're going to have a free society. Or a fair society. I cannot see how you're going to have a just society with that kind of nonsense. One standard, okay? Those words, including the N-word, they're not acceptable for anybody. I wish they could be ripped out of the dictionary. I really do. And about any of the scoring points and sounding hip, I don't even know what the hell that refers to, okay? Because it's a literary show. It's not a political show. I don't know anything about points, all right? Unless we're talking about my favorite Mexican restaurant, I get some points there, and then I get a free meal every couple of months. That's the only points I know about, all right? And sounding hip, <laughs> I'm an old Italian guy. Talking about literature on a podcast, all right? There's not even a hundred podcasts combined in the entire world, in case you haven't realized, all right? So if I'm looking to try to sound hip, this would be the wrong place to be, <laughs> all right? I'm just trying to be me. And trying to be me, it says, is that I'm going to raise my children. I'm not going to tell you how to raise your children, but I'm going to raise my children that they're not going to be repeating that word. And they're not going to be into hate. And they're going to call things as they are. And they understand uh, through, uh, you know, handling themselves and self-defense and everything else you want to call that, that that, that could occur a, a problem in this society. Oh, well. But they're going to live the truth. And they're going to practice the truth. Maybe somebody uh, will catch on one day. Because if we're really looking for social justice, we're not going to get it by everybody lying to each other. That's why we're in this mess right now. Because no one wants to talk the truth. They just want to pass the law and think it's everything going to be all right. Well, it's not. Go to any cafeteria and open your eyes. You'll, you'll notice that um, we don't have a whole lot what you're talking about. And it's not because of me. I'm not even sure if it's because of you. But I definitely think it's because people are just not being honest. So, I'm being honest. You can want to give that a shot yourself. All right, last one on here is uh, Creativity Mental Illness, uh, a show I enjoyed doing, but it was actually a rough show because oftentimes when I put together these shows, you know, via outline, um, I may have to occasionally spot check something here and there, but for the most part, I'm, I know what I'm talking about, but you know, on something like this, I mean, I'm diving into the actual research of it all to find the most recent things coming from there and putting together the show. Is probably the most complicated show I've had to put together because I had to really go into a lot of things to be able to make it happen, and uh, I'm not really looking forward to doing that for I don't know another year. So <laughs> I'm glad I did it, and I'm glad I'm not doing it again. <laughs> All right, another fine show talking about mental illness. You're one of the few who take this subject seriously and handle it with class, mindfulness, and compassion. Proud to call you a fellow veteran. Thank you very much. Definitely, I'd like to have a couple of veterans on board here listening to the show. Sometimes the things we talk about, especially in that subject, really has relevance to that group. Because uh, just like a group that I know of called uh, Otters, we uh, predominantly suffer from various versions of, of depression and mental illness. So um, we probably should get together more often. <laughs> I want to thank you profoundly for reaching out to me after our chat and directing me to a place where I can talk to someone more regularly. I'm ashamed it came to this and I'm lucky I met up with you when I did. God bless you, sir. All right, well, somebody made some contact with me and, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that it was one of those situations where it got real because I'm always real about things. And sometimes people give me a hard time about I wish you were more entertaining or I wish you were more, I don't know, cheerful or full of jokes and whatever. I mean, I only could be who I am, okay? I'm not depressed all the time and, and, and I'm not unhappy all the time here, okay? But uh, I'm not some expert on humor. But needless to say, that was a situation that it, it became more than it was necessary, that even the show could do, or maybe that I can even instruct or provide, and I just thought they needed somebody uh, more professional involved and I did my best to make that happen and uh, apparently uh, that's working for that person and that's great that's what you want to see you don't want to 
uh, turn somebody away. I, I, I'm sorry to say that there are so many people out there that, that are in this situation and they don't really have people to turn to, even their own family. Everybody has excuses. Well, he didn't, you know, talk to me enough or he shunned me or he cursed me or, you know, he, he never stopped by my house a lot. I don't know. How about you stop by his house? God forbid, huh? And then they went while we have all these suicides. And you find out that, you know, in the end, they didn't have too many people around them. Why do you think that is? People give up. Sometimes people don't care. They don't do anything about it. They don't even make an attempt. Now, I'm sure there's plenty of examples of people that do, but I know there's plenty that don't. So, there was my opportunity. I did what I could do. Pray for the fellow, and I hope it works out. That's all you can do. But you just can't cast somebody aside. It's a literary show. Go, you know, jump in the lake. No, don't jump any damn where. Unless it's on a couch talking to somebody so you can start getting this straightened out and unraveled. And I'm hoping that's what's going to happen to that person. And I'll keep praying for them and wishing the best. I read that there was a connection. But I didn't know to this extent. Such an eye-opener, and I will be on the lookout for myself and for others to see if any signs could emerge. Until then, I will create and live life to the fullest. You are a godsend. Well, thank you. Uh, I don't want people to get, you know, a, a little paranoid where you're like, you know what, this guy just slowed his speech. Is he possibly slipping into schizophrenia? Uh, we don't want to go to that extent, okay? But I'm just saying that sometimes there are some signs you want to look for. And you want to make sure, even on yourself. You know, it, to me, it's no different than breast cancer, where the the woman will self-examine to make sure there's not a lump there or anything like that. Because you know, the earliest you can catch something like that, the earliest you you might be able to get an examination and, and, and possibly even treatment. So this way, it doesn't travel and and, and, and winds up killing you. And, and to me, I, I feel the same way with mental illness. Sometimes the signs could come out. You know what I call the black. Uh, the black swans, you know, syndrome where, you know, people don't notice it and next thing you know, you're in trouble. So it, it doesn't hurt to, to, to do that. And so I'm, I certainly appreciate what they're saying about that. You know, I'm not saying you need to go that far, but I do say that, yeah, when I keep your eye open, it, it doesn't hurt. And last one over here. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but... Isn't talking about the connection a way to encourage more people to go off the deep end? And in order to find their creative spark? You might be hurting more people than helping them. Hope you consider that before putting that medal on your chest. Lovely, lovely thought there, person. Thank you for sending that in. I, I definitely don't think that at all. Because if I did, then I would, I would have a different approach to it. Hiding stuff? I don't care what it is. Ultimately, is not a positive thing. And we've said this before. I know you're all adults and you want to put things in the closet no matter what it is. From your sexuality down to your depression. None of that stuff really helps in the end. Hiding is never a good thing. Coming out in the open is. So, I'm always a believer of that than the hiding stuff. Too often... Those that have been harmed to the point where it's going to be much harder to help them. Or in some cases, they're killing themselves. They were doing a whole lot of hiding too. Look, look what that got them. Nothing wonderful. So no, I don't agree with that. I don't think we're hurting anybody. This is a topic that's important to the arts. Important to veterans. Important to people in general. It's also important to people who are raising children in this, in this situation. They got to deal with school systems that don't care. Or, or want to cast them aside because, you know, oh, Lord, that's that's a lot of work to do. I just want to have regular kids. How lovely. In, in, in a profession of teaching, unfortunately out there, that's become so professionalized that I wonder sometimes if it's lost some of its heart. And that we got people in there that, that don't even call themselves, you know, teachers as much as they just call themselves now educators. It's like that's supposed to make a, you know, a big difference to me. I don't know. How about you just call about somebody who cares about the children? Can we do that? So I, I'd like to see more of that because unfortunately some of these things that happen in the school system, they're not coming from administrators, okay, or, or, or from presidents. They're coming from teachers. We, we should expect more because our children are in their hands for quite some time. 
So I get that a lot from people. From people telling me that privately. So we, we should always talk about these things. Have them out in the open. So no, I don't think encouraging this is going to cause somebody. You know, Mark, I cannot wait to get some depression and throw in some manic stuff as well. Because I'm going to be able to get such an edge on writing this, this fiction column. Uh, no. I never heard anybody that even said something like that. So... I'm not saying that there's somebody out there that doesn't think that way. There probably are a couple. But I've never come across anybody. I don't know anybody that would readily admit to that. And it doesn't really work that way. Okay? It doesn't work that way at all. The way it works is that we don't get anywhere. This is my opinion. We don't get anywhere in life. We don't get anywhere in our relationships. We don't get anywhere in our jobs. And we don't get anywhere in the arts. By being dishonest. We simply don't. Every time you give me some example of somebody lying to get ahead. I'm going to give you 20 examples of how eventually that comes back to bite them in the ass. Because it always, always, always does. I don't know if you want to call that karma. Or call that like I call it. You know, um, uh, pretty much uh, reaping the, the, the seeds that you sown. Call it what you want to call it. Boomerang effect. I don't know. Hell, somebody called it social justice one time. <laughs> Maybe that could be true to a certain extent. But we are in both the world and society, American society. We're in a giant funk because we haven't still figured out how the hell we're going to be honest with each other. You wonder why marriages fall apart and then just find out later on, well, they were never really honest with each other. Yeah, that's the, like, I don't know, the main ingredient. Because guess what? Love kind of fades here and there. Sometimes you're going to have days you don't love a person and some days you do. So it, it's in and out. It's there. It's important to help gel everything, but it doesn't it doesn't do everything forever. Honestly, does it, though? Because <laughs> you need that. You know, and, um, you're not rocking my boat here today. Is you okay? Need some time? Can we talk? That's what honesty says. Not walking away, ignoring it, throwing it in the closet someplace, sitting on a fence. Maybe that'll solve it. I'll sit on a fence. I'll just look at it. I don't know any damn problem on earth, okay, that's ever been solved by a fence sitter that's looking at it or by an idiot that walks into a bar. Never problem solved by going into a bar. Never. I never heard someone come out and say, Wow, them six drinks, you cannot believe the thoughts I have on how to fix this situation. Uh, no. You just added more nonsense to it. That's about all you did. We need to be honest. So, I appreciate uh, the comments. As you say, I got some positive ones, some constructive ones. Got a couple of just nasty ones. That's going to happen as well. Oh, well. I Sometimes I get worse than this. And like I said, I don't put them on the shows because some things are just too hateful, too bigoted to even, you know... I don't want to have to do bleep, bleep, bleep. And he said bleep, bleep, bleep. And he said bleep. What's the point of that? I think you get the gist. That's what happens when you do a show like this. You're going to get that. Sometimes I even hear from other shows. God, I wish we could do that. But we're just not really set up for that. Oh, yeah, okay. You're not set up to be honest. <laughs> Appreciate that. Glad I'm here over here. I don't know. I don't know if I'm alone. But uh, God knows I'm pretty close to it. <laughs> but... As we help to inspire people out there, both in their lives and in their, in their writing worlds, it's important to note this. You will be a more creative person and you will be a happier person, all right? If you can figure out, even if it goes step by step, how to be a more honest person. I'm not one of those people that think that this is some kind of uh, overnight transition, Right? I'm not even one of those people that say that if you got 10 things you're supposed to be honest about and you're working on number four right now, that somehow you're a bad person. You're not. Make progress on however the hell you can make progress. Nothing wrong with that. But work towards that end. Work towards to be more open. Work towards to be more candid. Work towards to be more honest. We need that in America and in the world more than ever before. Because the, the liars out there, they might be numerous, but they're only as strong as you allow them to be. The moment you're honest, they start scattering. 
okay? Like roaches in the kitchen when you when you turn on the light. And they're not around anymore. Why? Because it's real hard to be a liar when, when people talk in honesty. It eventually catches up to people. Even honesty. And the more you do it, the more it becomes a habit. And the more it becomes a habit, well, that's how you improve your life. That's how you improve your writing. That's how you improve the arts. All right, folks, until next time, that was Mailbag 5, 2020 uh, in a nutshell, episode 155. This is your host, and I hope your friend, Mark Anthony Rossi. Until next time, strength to be human. Thank you for listening. Follow the show and support our efforts by visiting our sponsors at www.strengthtobehuman.com or purchasing an ebook at www.somapublishing.com.